Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us here as we wrap up the week on this Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Orico, and I am your host. You guys can go ahead and find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Make sure you get those links to the shows as soon as they're posted out. You also get my other threads and stuff, random thoughts throughout the day. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter and go ahead and leave a nice five-star review down below. If you don't mind, it will help us to move up search results, that sort of thing. I'm not a big techie person, but it'll definitely help us to move up uh, search results. One thing I will say real quick before we get started is I'm sorry about yesterday's uh, audio. I had a ton of crashing stuff going on with my software. I had to re-record a couple of times and it was not up to the standard that I'd like to keep it at. So my apologies there. Uh, going forward, I will definitely make a better effort. I mean, there was nothing I could do yesterday to help it, really. It was just a matter of circumstance. But I will I will try and keep it at a much higher quality going forward. Uh, I listened back to the show a little bit from yesterday, and I was really not happy with it. So my apologies there. It won't happen going forward. We will start you off today with uh, a little bit of a breakdown of what we're going to do. For those of you who are new to the show, we look at yesterday's games, take a look. We specifically focus on pitching matchups here because that's a lot something that really changes day to day, more so than lineups. So we look at that in a bit of depth. We take a look also if there was major performances yesterday. We obviously take a look at that. We'll take a look at some news stuff also from around baseball. Then we'll take a look forward to today's games. We'll take a look at the pitching matchups in particular. Then we will take a look at the waiver wire. After that, take a look at the most added and dropped players. And then we will look a little bit in on the DFS side. So let's take a look at some of yesterday's games. We'll start off with the Brewers and the Pirates. And it was a 3-2 victory for the Brewers. And, you know, Freddie Peralta seems to have figured out his early season kinks. He's got a couple of really nice starts under his belt in a row. He went six innings here, did not give up a run. He struck out seven and only gave up three hits. Freddie Peralta seems to have figured it out. So that is definitely something good. Uh, Devin Williams got the save here. They were giving Josh Hader the day off. Hader's been working his tail off. He's already got 10 saves in April. So a 50-save season is definitely not out of the realm of possibility for Josh Hader. So definitely we got to keep an eye on that. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon did have himself a nice day going 3-for-4 with a home run. And he's been not a bad uh, fantasy player so far this season. He's been definitely decent. I have him in a points league, and he's been very serviceable in the points league. On the other side, Jose Quintana... Went five innings, he gave up four hits, one run, and he struck out nine. Uh, a fairly good outing, actually, for Quintana. Not a huge strikeout pitcher historically, but he did a really good job here. I was not really interested going in. Not that the Brewers have a fantastic lineup or anything. They have a, they have a good lineup, but I haven't really had a ton of faith in Quintana, and he hasn't been great. Um, he's, he's been all right. But he's not somebody that, like, nine strikeouts over five innings is about as much as you can hope for out of Quintana. You're not usually going to be getting that out of him. So I wouldn't go and add based on this. I mean, some people may because they see the high strikeout potential. But it's uh, he's not somebody I'm really going to be worried about adding at the moment. Let's move on to the Padres and the Reds. And Nick Martinez was actually not too bad. I'm not a huge Nick Martinez fan. But over five innings, he gave up five hits, two earned runs, uh, struck out five, and walked two. Taylor Rogers ended up getting the save there. Um, not too much of note on the San Diego side. Um, we'll talk about this more later, but Eric Hosmer has been on a huge hot streak. And Manny Machado as well. They had the two highest batting averages um, in baseball. 
Manny Machado is obviously already on rosters, but Eric Hosmer, if he is still available on your waiver wires, then go ahead and add him because he's definitely been scorching hot this year. Uh, on the other side, Tyler Molly was disappointing. Again, it's really tough to see Molly not figuring it out after, I think this is his fifth start now. His ERA sits at 645. As someone with shares of Tyler Molly, I'm a little bit concerned, but there's nothing you can do, right? You kind of just have to hold on. Hope that he improves. You can't sell him. You can't drop him. You kind of just have to hope that it gets better because this is bad. This is really bad. Uh, you probably drafted him around pick 100 or so, maybe a little bit after that. So if you if you are an owner of him like I am, then you're not very happy so far. Let's move on to the Marlins and the Nationals. It was a 3-2 Marlins victory. And Trevor Rogers went six innings, which had not happened in almost the whole calendar year. He gave up only two hits. One earned run and struck out four. It's a it's a fairly classic Trevor Rogers start. He did get the victory. Uh, he had had some struggles going into this game for sure. So it's definitely nice to see him get a victory, albeit against a subpar team in the Nationals. But it's still good to see him get a victory. On the other side, Patrick Corbin was actually a bit better than we usually expect Patrick Corbin to be. Still got the loss, which is unfortunate. He got saddled with that after allowing only two earned in six innings. He struck out eight, which was nice. Um, you know, he's, he's not very highly rostered and it's probably, probably wise. I mean, he's not a really valuable fantasy asset, especially now with this team, the nationals, uh, the way they are in in a rebuild mode, he's not going to bring you a lot of wins. He will bring you okay amount of strikeouts, but I'd be okay dropping Patrick Corbin Uh, on the batting side. And this one, not really too much to talk about, just nine hits total in the game. So we will move on to the Orioles and the Yankees. It's a 10 to 5 Yankees victory. And Jamison Tyone was all right over four and two thirds. He gave up seven hits, two earned runs. He struck out four. I watched a little bit of this game because it was the only game on at a certain point in my market. So it was not the greatest game to watch. Um, Tyone was okay, but you know, you'd like him to be a lot better, especially at home against the Orioles. You'd like a lot better. Aaron Judge, obviously, with a couple of hits and a home run, he drove in four. Anthony Rizzo stayed hot with a couple of hits in an RBI. On the Orioles side, Bruce Zimmerman, who I've actually liked this year. I've liked him so far, and his ERA is still intact because those four runs he allowed were unearned thanks to uh, a couple of errors. There was actually five errors by the Orioles yesterday. That's rough. That's really bad. Over four and a third, Zimmerman gave up five hits, four runs. None of them were earned. He struck out five. He's not been bad this year. He's actually, through four starts, his ERA is under one. Read into that what you will. I don't know that it'll continue to that extent, but I think that there is definitely a chance that he can hold all right value. Even as I say that, I'm not like totally convinced of it, but I think there's a chance that he can be that he can be somewhat valuable. So if you already added him and he is on your roster, then I might hold off one more start. I might see because um, you know he's had four starts now and he's been all right in all of them. This one was not great. Didn't get helped up by his defense, though. He still had five strikeouts. I'm not dropping him if I already added him. I maybe wouldn't go out and use an add on him now. But if you already added him, then I'm going to just hold him and see how he does for another start or two. Uh, other than that, there's not too much to talk about on the Orioles side here. Um, yeah, not much. Their lineup is uh, is fairly bland. One thing I will say is Cedric Mullins has really struggled out of the gate so far. Hope that he can turn it around. Um, he's turned it around a little bit recently, but his average is still at 205. 
So you hope to see him do a bit better compared to what he did last year. Let's keep going with the Phillies and the Rockies. It was a 7-1 to Phillies victory. And Zach Wheeler was really good over six innings. One hit ball over six innings. Struck out seven and walked four. No runs. Really good stuff out of Zach Wheeler. Hopefully he can keep it going in the next time out. Because even with this great start, <clears throat> the ERA is at 5.79. So he's, he's had some struggles early on. No question. Good start at home against a fairly decent Rockies team this year. They've been all right on offense. So it's a, it's an, it's, it's a promising outing from Zach Wheeler for sure. On the Rockies side, Austin Gomber was actually pretty good over six innings. He gave up three hits, three runs. Only two of them were earned. And then the bullpen kind of screwed it with Tyler Kinley coming in and giving up four runs. Gomber was okay. And in years past, uh, specifically last year, I mean, I liked him all right as a, as a fantasy option. And even this year, I think in certain outings on the road, he will have value. Uh, it might be tough to deploy him at Coors Field, but I think... If you're using him on the road against the right teams, then and maybe even the odd home matchup, I think that he can be a valuable guy. So, again, uh, I probably wouldn't go out and add him outside of deeper leagues unless you already have him. But if you have him, I'd probably hold on and see how the next couple of starts go. Uh, Alec Baum also hit a home run today for the Phillies, and he is he's into that must-roster zone at the moment. He's been really hot through a good sample size now, 18 games. I like... I have added him in a couple spots, and I recommend you guys do the same where you can. Let's talk about the Twins and the Tigers. It was a 7-1 victory for the Twins. Bailey Ober, uh, I think there was an injury. Yeah, he left with a groin injury. So over three and two-thirds before leaving, he had six hits against one earned run and three strikeouts. He was pretty okay. I mean, you have to wonder what the injury, what's going to happen here. They haven't, I don't think, announced anything in terms of IL, stints, or time off. So we kind of just have to wait and see on him. On the Detroit side, Tariq Skuba was not very good. Uh, he was bailed out by the fact that Detroit committed four errors in terms of his ERA. I mean, I know it worked both ways. The runs probably wouldn't have happened without the errors. But the earned run average also does not get hurt by it. So it works both ways like that. Five innings, six hits, six runs. Like I said, three of them earned. He struck out four. Uh, he's not somebody who's really going to have too much fantasy value for me this year. I'd be all right moving on from Tariq Skubal, and maybe if there's a hot pickup on the waiver wire, I I'm fine with rostering him as a back-end guy, but if you don't have him, I don't think you're going to lose sleep over dropping him. Let's talk about the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. It was a 1-0 Blue Jays victory here. Very close game, and Alec Manoa, uh, wow, I know I talked about yesterday some of the better pitchers in baseball, Carlos Rodon, Pablo Lopez, uh, better pitchers so far this year. Alec Manoa is in that conversation without a doubt. Uh, an early Cy Young candidate again, and I know it's very early, but he has been dominant, flat out dominant through his four starts, an ERA of 1.44. Uh, the walks are a little bit high. He's walked seven guys, and he, he does struggle a little bit with his command. Uh, early in the game yesterday, he almost drilled Trevor Story in the head with a pitch. He does like to work inside, so that will lead to some walks, which will lead to an increased whip, which will lead to you know more base runners and stuff. He needs to work on his control a little bit. That being said, he started 25 games in his major league career. He's 24 years old, and he's already looking like a total stud. So if you have him on your team, congratulations. He's fantastic. Blue Jays fans like myself are very happy to have him around. He, he's a great player. He's a great pitcher. Jordan Romano got the save once again, nine saves on the year. And he's coming up on that Josh Hader territory. Uh, Josh just got his 10th the other day. 
Those two guys are the best closers in baseball this year. Liam Hendricks has had his problems. Uh, he's still in that conversation, but in terms of this year, he's he's been a little iffy, and he's been injured. So um, Jordan Romano is definitely in that conversation. He's been fantastic. Did have the one blown save. But, you you know, he was being overworked a little bit by the Jays, so it's understandable. On the Red Sox side, they only had four hits this entire game. Uh, but on the pitching side, Garrett Whitlock went three innings, four hits against one run. It was unearned and two strikeouts. Really tough to lose a one nothing game on an unearned run. Uh, I think it was a Christian Arroyo error that allowed that uh, the base runner to get on and allowed the run to score. So that's tough if you're a Red Sox fan, obviously. That's very tough. Nice if you're a Blue Jays fan, but uh, very tough uh, to lose one nothing on an unearned run like that. Let's move on to the Rays and the Mariners. That is the next game. It was a 2-1 victory for the Rays. And we had Jeffrey Springs making kind of an opener-ish start. It was a bullpen day for the Rays. Two and two-thirds for him. He went uh, he went three hits, one run. It was earned and three strikeouts. Obviously, openers are not very valuable fantasy-wise. Don't worry about him there. On the Seattle side, we had Chris Flexen have a pretty good start over six and two-thirds. Gave up six hits, two earned runs, and struck out four. Really nice stuff out of Chris Flexen, uh, despite taking the loss. He's kind of an iffy, he's a back-end guy, right? He's not going to be one of your studs. But if he's on waiver wires and you have someone who's really, really struggled, then I understand making the switch for him there. Uh, he, he He's not going to strike out a lot of guys, but he will have a decent back-end kind, of, um, kind of value. Let's talk about the Astros and the Rangers. And, you know, I'm not going to start with the winning pitcher. I'll start with, the, with not the losing pitcher, but the no-decision pitcher here. Uh, Martin Perez, Martin Perez. Over seven innings, gave up two hits and one earned run and four strikeouts. Now, I was not expecting him to do very well at all yesterday, and I think he took a perfect game into the sixth, uh, maybe even into the seventh. I didn't have this game on, but I was following along on Twitter, and it looked like he had, uh, at very least, a no-hitter, and I think actually a perfect game for a while. Not at all was was what I was expecting from him. He's not been too bad this year through 21 innings. Uh, I'm not really going to be taking a chance on him, but it's like I said about a couple of guys early in the year, you just stash it away for later. It's good information for later in the season. On the Houston side, Justin Verlander did get the victory. Over seven innings, he had four hits, one run. It was earned and eight strikeouts. Rafael Montero did get the save for Houston. I don't think that'll be a regular thing. Uh, Ryan Presley should be back pretty soon, so I wouldn't worry about adding him there. The Royals and the White Sox was the next game. It was a 5-2 victory for the Royals in extra innings. They went to a 10th inning. Uh, Brad Keller. <coughs> excuse me. Brad Keller is really surprisingly been good this year. Uh, over seven innings, he gave up three hits, one earned run, and only struck out three. But he's been really good. Uh, really good so far. Really surprising for their bullpen. Um, I guess not terribly surprising because it went to extra innings. But... Um, Taylor Clark did get the save here in Kansas City. It was a Stalmont and Barlow. They worked the 8th and the ninth. Uh, not anything to really worry about on the fantasy side there. Uh, I don't think Taylor Clark is going to have many saves throughout the year. Uh, on the batting side, Bobby Witt Jr. had another base hit to continue his hitting to continue his hitting streak. Yeah, he has, I think, a six-game hitting streak or so. He's been really valuable so far. Definitely not maybe what was expected of him, but... I really like his prospects going forward. On the White Sox side, Michael Kopech was not as good as you would have hoped. Through five innings, he gave up three hits, two earned runs, uh, struck out three and walked four. Not as good as you may have hoped if you used him in a daily lineup. 
he's definitely still someone that is going to have a lot of value this year. But that was a bit of a concerning start against not a great team. A uh, bit of a con- some control issues really were what caused it over four walks over five innings. I wouldn't worry too much, but something to keep an eye on. Uh, the Angels and the Guardians is the next game. It was a four to one Angels victory. And Reed Detmers went five innings of two-hit ball, giving up one run and four strikeouts. That's really good stuff from Reed Detmers. Again, not going to be someone we worry about in fantasy, but we'll stash it away for later. And, um, you know, if he puts together a few good starts in a row, maybe you think about it. But as of now, I'm not going to be worried about him. On the Guardian side, Cal Quantrill took the loss. He went six innings, gave up four hits, three runs. Only one of them was earned and struck out four. Quantrill can be a back end of the rotation guy, but you just have to remember he's not going to help you like at all with strikeouts. So that is definitely a downfall in rostering him. Let's move on to the Braves and the Cubbies. It was a 5-1 Braves victory here. And Kyle Wright, again, one of the better pitchers in baseball this year. Out of nowhere, one of the better pitchers in baseball. Through seven innings, three hits, one earned run, and struck out eight. The only slight downside was he walked four, but you know, you'll live with that with the rest of the line. Really great stuff out of him there. There was Adam Duvall homer, uh, Dansby Swanson homer, and an Austin Riley homer for the Braves. On the White Sox side, Drew Smiley was okay through four and two thirds. He had five hits, two hundred runs, uh, walked four, or sorry, struck out four and walked one. Gave up a couple of home runs. Drew Smiley is uh, a sometimes okay streamer, depending on the day. I wouldn't worry about going to add him. Uh, maybe in a deeper league you roster him, but he's not someone you need to really worry about. Okay, we have one more game left, and it was the Cardinals and the Diamondbacks. It was an 8-3 Cardinals victory, and we had a good outing from Dakota Hudson. Uh, I, I personally added him in one points league where I'm having a close matchup this week, and I was very happy with it. Uh, six innings, one hit ball. One hit ball, four strikeouts. I mean, the Diamondbacks, I know they're not good, but that's a really nice outing from him. And I have talked about how I think he can be a kind of a back end of your rotation guy as well for fantasy teams, especially in 12-team leagues or deeper, 12-14-team uh, leagues. He can definitely hold value there. Good offensive day from the top of the Cardinals lineup. Tommy Edmond continued his hot streak. He's been one of the hotter players in fantasy. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt was also very good. <clears throat> a couple of RBIs from Tyler O'Neill and Nolan Arenado with a couple of hits. So... Top of that lineup doing exactly what you want. Harrison Bader and Yadi Molina as well. And Yadi Molina actually stole a base in this one. Really fun to see Yadi Molina stealing a base. Not something you're going to see maybe ever again in your life. But it was cool to see nonetheless. On the other side, the Diamondbacks, uh, Humberto Castellanos, Castellanos went two innings, gave up five earned runs. Pretty brutal stuff. No strikeouts, five hits. Um, the guy who replaced him, Corbin Martin, gave up three earned runs. Um, six hits, struck out two, not very good either. There's really not a lot of fantasy value on the Diamondbacks. Like Dalton Varsho, yes. Uh, Catal Marte, yes. And then it's kind of iffy on a couple of other guys in deeper leagues, but it's a tough team, man. It's a tough team to own fantasy players on. That is it for yesterday's games. Let's take a look ahead to today, and we don't have anything starting until tonight, 6.35 p.m. Eastern Time is the first start of the of, of the slate, and it is a decent matchup, not great, but we have Yu Darvish and Zach Thompson going up against each other. Yeah, more I think about that, that's really not great, is it? Zach Thompson has struggled mightily this year, so San Diego Padres players are going to be fairly, fairly valuable in today's lineup, I would imagine. 
Uh, he's been knocked around to the tune of a 10.80 ERA through 10 innings. He's also walked seven guys. So Padres players are definitely going to be nice to be using tonight. Um, in season long or in daily formats, I would recommend that. Hugh Darvish has looked all right these last couple starts. Uh, pretty good, actually. We look to see him bring that ERA down a bit further because that San Francisco start is going to hold it up for quite a while, those nine earned runs. Definitely a safe play here against the Pirates for you, Darvish, though. Uh, I'm not really worried about him performing well here. Zach Thompson, uh, not somebody I would recommend using. We have the next game of the night is the Mariners and the Marlins. Matt Brash and Eliza Hernandez. Brash, I'd like to see him get the control under a little bit better. 11 walks through 15 innings is really concerning. If he can get that down, then he can be a really valuable, really foul, ah, Jesus, can't speak. He can be a really valuable fantasy asset going forward if he can keep that walk rate down. So Matt Brash, I think, should be rostered in most standard plus leagues. So standard plus two, four, six, whatever. So up to like, I don't know, obviously anything plus. I'm, I'm rambling a little bit. Anything more than 12-team leagues, I think he should be rostered in. That's pretty much what I'm trying to say as I trip over my words here. He is definitely going to keep getting better, and I think that that walk rate will go down. So if he's still available in one of your leagues, uh, I would go add him. So every now and then I trip over my words like that. I'm not really sure why. But anyway, Eliza Hernandez is on the other side facing him. Again, not somebody I'm going to be really strongly recommending at all. Um, he's been roughed around a little bit this year, Eliza Hernandez, and Seattle's actually a decent offense. They've been a pretty good offense, so I wouldn't I wouldn't play him there. He's probably not on a roster. He's probably available, Eliza Hernandez, but I would just leave him on waiver wires and not worry about it. Let's talk about the Blue Jays and the Astros. Um, Toronto is going to be going with Yusei Kikuchi, whose ERA is somehow only a 3.75. I think there were some unearned runs that have bailed him out. He has been not terribly impressive. It'd be nice to see him have a good outing here. Now, there are a lot of left-handed bats in that Houston lineup, um, three or four typically on any given night, so that might help him out a little bit there. Uh, I wouldn't really recommend using him, though. Jose Urquidy on the other side, also not really going to recommend it. The Jays, the Jays lineup has not been as potent as we really expected, and I mean, a lot of that is due to the injury of Teoscar Hernandez, we have Vladdy now uh, missed yesterday with his foot thing. They haven't been quite what we thought they would be offensively. They're still 13-7. and seven. They've been really good. But that's been mostly due to their starting pitching and their bullpen. Uh, it hasn't really had much to do with the batting average. Um, not just the batting average, but the batting in total. They have been rather unimpressive. So I'm going to look for the Jays to start to figure it out a little bit more. I mean, I say that they do lead the majors in home runs, but it doesn't really felt like that with this offense. You know, Boba Shed hasn't really got going. It feels rather thin in the second half of the lineup. So Arkady is kind of a, a hit or miss guy for me tonight. Um, if you own him, it really honestly depends on your weekly matchups. In a points league, yeah, go ahead. In a category league, if you're really closely fighting for ERA, then you might want to put him on put him on the bench because he's not going to be a massive strikeout guy. If you know, it, it really depends on your categories with Urquidy. I wouldn't. I, I honestly, it's it's really hard to just say yes or no to him. It honestly really depends on what's going on otherwise uh, for your week because he can give you a win, yeah, but he's going to give you at most maybe three or four strikeouts. 
he's not going to go more than maybe five or six innings, absolute most six innings. So it's it's kind of an iffy play. I'm I'm torn a little bit on on him. <clears throat> if I had to default one way or the other, I'd say probably not. I'd say probably just leave him there. Let's move on to the Red Sox and the Orioles. We have Rich Hill and Kyle Bradish, who will be making, I believe, his Major League debut here. I'm not going to worry about adding either of these guys. Um, if you see in the middle of the game that Bradish looks really good, maybe go and add him. But I'm not really going to be worried for now. He hasn't been great in the minor leagues. He's been pretty good this year, but over the last couple of years, not very impressive. So I'm not, I'm not really worried about adding him. Rich Hill, uh, no, not really. I mean, it's a good matchup against the Orioles. But he struggled out the gate this year. Not a high strikeout pitcher. So I, I wouldn't really worry about Rich Hill in that uh, in that matchup there. This is an interesting matchup between the Twins and the Rays. We have Dylan Bundy and Corey Kluber. Now, Dylan Bundy, the season ended right here today. He'd be a top five Cy Young vote getter. Obviously, ridiculous premise, I know. But that is where he's been so far this year. He's been really good. He's walked one batter over 15 in the third. His ERA sits at .59. He's due, guys. He's really due. He's, I thought he was due last week, and I thought he was going to get rocked around. It may happen today. It may happen next week. At some point, that's all I know is that eventually it will happen. Dylan Bundy will not have value throughout the entire season. It's just impossible. Uh, knowing who he is and what he's done in his career, uh, no offense to the guy. He's only had one or two seasons where there was any kind of fantasy value, and it was certainly not on this level of a .59 ERA. Yeah, go ahead and start him. You're going to start him if you have him, obviously. But, uh, you know, he, he's not going to be looking great year long, I don't think. I think there's a decent chance throughout the year he regresses back to like a four-ish ERA. It's more typical Dylan Bundy stuff, right? He's not somebody you expect to do very well. and He's not somebody I expect to do very well, but he has done very well. So that's the, that's, that's the thing, right? So use him with caution, um, but if he gets knocked around, don't be all shocked about it. I thought this was the year for Dylan Bundy. I thought this was a Cy Young, blah, blah, blah. It's not. It's good for now. It, it, it's very good, actually. If you've gotten this return so far, then God bless. But I don't think that you can expect it going forward very much. On the other side, Corey Kluber used to be great. He's been all right this year, pretty good. Uh, not a great matchup against Minnesota, who's actually had a very good offense. So I'm not really going to be terribly interested in this matchup either way. Um, honestly, I'd probably prefer to use Kluber. If I had to give, if I had to be given one option or the other, I'd probably take Kluber. Um, as good as Bundy's been, I just don't trust him. Let's move on to what is probably my favorite pitching matchup of the night. There's a couple of really nice ones, but this is a, this is a really nice one here. Phillies and Mets. We have at Shea. Jesus, I just said at Shea, didn't I? At City Field, Aaron Nola and Tyler McGill, who have both been, you know, McGill especially, they've both been good this year. Uh, Nola's settled down over his last start. Tyler McGill has been excellent throughout. This is one I'm really looking forward to watching. Definitely one I'm looking forward to. Um, now, both of these teams have very good offenses, so could this get? Um, could this not be a great time to use these pitchers? Yes, absolutely it could be. On a Friday night, you could see, who knows what you're going to see, right? But at the same time, I feel very confident in deploying both of these guys. It should be it should be a great pitching matchup. <clears throat> Another game which unfortunately has the exact same start time, so you can't really watch both of them, is the Angels and the White Sox, where we have Noah Syndergaard and Lucas Giolito going up against each other. 
Noah Syndergaard has been one of the, my favorite stories in baseball this year after kind of being forgotten about these last couple of years. Now he's really looking good. 2-1-2 ERA through 17 innings. He's got a 2-0 record. He's been really good. He's been really good. And, you know, the White Sox have been kind of disappointing. So if there's a spot for him to keep it going, it's against the White Sox most likely. They're down a couple of pieces. Eloy Jimenez. Uh, I'm not sure if Luis Roberts is going to be back or not. Um, let me let me take a look at that real quick, actually, because I'm not sure on the information with him. He's still listed as day-to-day, so I'm not sure if he will be back in the lineup. It's a shame with that hot start he had that he's had to miss time now. But what are you going to do? I like I like Syndergaard here. I like Syndergaard in this, in this matchup. Uh, Giolito on the other side, I think is a little bit riskier because the Angels' bats are starting to figure it out at the top of that lineup. Mike Trout's been hot. Taylor Ward's been hot. Brandon Marsh, you know, Shohei Otani. They have actually, if they can all figure it out, the Angels, and, you know, make a complete team, they can have one of the better teams in baseball if they really all, all the pieces are working together. So it's a tough matchup for Giolito, especially right now as all those pieces are working together. However, I'm probably still okay to use him in a home tilt here, but... It's similar to the Phillies-Mets game, right? We got some good bats amongst both teams here. So while I'm expecting a pitcher's duel, uh, a high-scoring game wouldn't really surprise me either. I'd be a little more surprised on that uh, on the Phillies-Mets end if it was high-scoring as opposed to this one. But, you know, you never know, right? The Angels have been really good recently. And even though the White Sox haven't been very good, they can turn it around very quickly. They have guys in their lineup who can turn it around very quickly. So be cautious uh, in deploying those guys. And again, at this point of the week, you have to look at your matchups, how you're doing. You know, even if you have, you know, Cy Young on your team, if your ERA is low enough for the week where you don't need to risk it, where the other guys, let's say your ERA is 1.75 for the week and your opponent's is 5.62. Massive difference, right? It's not always going to be like that. But if you're in that kind of situation, you don't have to start anybody else. I mean, look at your wins and strikeouts and see, but just to risk the ERA at this point of the week, depending on where it is, um, it could cost you, right? So there are certain guys that you need to be really careful about deploying. Now, these four guys I just mentioned, Nola, McGill, Syndergaard, and Giolito, I feel fairly confident in them. But at the same time, if your week's already taken care of on the ERA side, then there's not really much of a need to risk it there. So just, just little pieces of information just to store away for later, right? Let's move on to the Braves and the Rangers Ian Anderson and Garrett Richards, no thank you. I'm not going anywhere near this pitching matchup. Garrett Richards has not been too bad through eight innings. He has walked five guys, but he's kept the ERA down. He struck out seven batters. But I'm not really going to be interested here. Ian Anderson, I know he's capable of more than this, but I'm not until he shows me uh, this year, I'm not really going to be too interested in that. Let's keep it going here with the Yankees and the Royals. Nestor Cortez versus Chris Bubik. So their ERAs couldn't be more different this year. Cortez's is 1.15. Bubik is at 14.14. Uh, that's really, really outrageously bad, eh? Holy crap. Yeah, you can't really be using him. Uh, regardless of the ERA, I don't really like the matchup against the Yankees. The Yankees have really been hot recently. The last few games, they have been tearing the cover off the ball. Rizzo and Judge, in particular, have been very scary so uh, I'm not going to be interested in Bubik here. It's it feels a little bit too uh, feels like an unnecessary risk, right? You don't really 
need to take that risk. He's not really someone who's going to be rostered. Not going to give you strikeouts, really. He's not going to keep your whip down. I I would not be picking him up today for sure. Uh, Nestor Cortez on the other side should absolutely be rostered in like every league. And as I talk about this, I'm going to go see what his roster percentage is because it's got to be it's got to be up there. Um, at the beginning of the year, is probably very low. Now we're up to 86%. Thank you. Okay, that's good. So there are still some leagues where he is available. If you are in one of those leagues, then absolutely go at him because he has been a menace in every way this season, other than the fact that he hasn't recorded a win yet, which does limit the five-category value a little bit. But through 15 innings, 25 strikeouts, 1.15 ERA, like he's been fantastic. So Cortez is, is a complete go tonight in a really good matchup against the Royals if you have him. Also in a DFS setting, he would be a nice play. Let's talk about the Cubs and the Brewers. We have Kyle Hendricks and Adrian Hauser. Both kind of guys who are not going to blow you away with their power. And they're also, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get day in and day out from them. So it's a little risky, again, at this point in the week. I feel a little bit better with Hauser. But then again, if you need strikeouts, then Hauser's not the guy. Uh, neither of these guys are the guy if you need strikeouts. The ERA is all right for both of them, actually. 352 and 398 for Hauser uh, and for Hendricks, respectively. But I just don't feel very confident tonight. Uh, there's something about this matchup that makes me worry. So Hendricks is probably still rostered if you have him. Take a look at your week, which is a common theme going into the weekend. Take a look at your categories and see what you need. If you desperately need another win and it's going to be very close in strikeouts, you need every strikeout you can get, then these guys might be, you might have to play them. If you're already well ahead in your categories and maybe you just need some strikeouts, then these guys aren't your guys really. There might be some different guys who fit that bill, but uh, Hendricks and Hauser only under very specific circumstances would I would I use them tonight. Next game is also a very good pitching matchup. If this game was ten years ago, it'd be a fantastic pitching matchup, but it's still pretty. Da- it's not bad. Madison Baumgartner and Adam Wainwright, uh, Arizona and St. Louis. They'll be playing at Bush at, in uh, St. Louis tonight. Baumgartner has been fantastic so far, despite walking ten guys over eighteen. A little bit high. No, excuse me, a little bit high. However, he's given up two earned runs through 18 innings. I don't know how, really. I don't know how he's done it. But he's actually been really, really good. Only given up one home run. The walks are a little high. But, you know, I'm hesitant to say that he's a go for tonight because the Cardinals have been really good offensively. So I'm not, I'm not thrilled at the prospects of using him. I think, it, again, it's it's a matchup thing. If you really need a victory, if you really need some strikeouts, then then you go for it. Um, in an ERA whip kind of setting, I'd be a little bit more cautious because of his, his walk rate this year so far and because of the um, prolific offense he's going up against. So I'd be really cautious about deploying him unless there's certain categories you need. You know, you have to really look at look at your week. Look and see what you need. I know I've gone on about this quite a bit now over these last few minutes. But if you if you need um, if you need a victory, it's probably not going to happen. If you desperately need it, then go for it, sure. But reasonably speaking, it's probably not going to happen. So be careful with 
be careful with your matchups. You don't want to blow ERA for the chance of a win and then not get the win. And especially if it's a low chance of a win like like uh, Bumgarner has tonight. So a lot of factors that go into making these sit-start decisions for your rosters. Adam Wainwright, I feel very comfortable starting. However, he has been vintage Wayno so far this year. Um, well, maybe not quite vintage Wayno, but pretty close. Uh, good strikeout numbers for him, which you not really didn't really see last year. Good chance of a victory here against a terrible, terrible Diamondbacks team. So Wainwright, yes, Wainwright, I would feel more comfortable about starting um, regardless of circumstance. Obviously, still look at your circumstances, but he's one that I feel generally more comfortable with. Next, we have the Reds and the Rockies. Another performance from Hunter Green tonight. That will be fun to watch. He's been really electric, despite the ERA being kind of high, and he's going into course field here. He's probably a sit, to be honest with you. He's probably a sit. If you really need strikeouts, then absolutely go for it. If all the other categories are already taken care of and it's just strikeouts you're going for, Hunter Green is probably a good guy to go for there. Now, if your ERA is really close, you need to go down a bit this week, Hunter Green is probably not your guy to use tonight. So be careful, right? Strikeouts, absolutely. ERA, no. Um, on the other side, Antonio Senzatella. Not someone I'm worried about in any circumstances. He's not going to really help you out in any category. Low strikeouts, high whip, high ERA. <clears throat> he may get a victory here because he's playing against a really brutal team, but I wouldn't be um, I wouldn't be counting on it. Let's keep it rolling here. A couple more games now. Uh, Aaron Savale and Frankie Montes will be dealing for the Guardians and the Athletics, respectively. Frankie Montes, absolute go tonight. Absolute go. He's been really good so far, and he's going up against a team that I think has lost seven straight games now in the Guardians. So no problem there. Or did they snap that losing streak? No, they didn't. They're still on that losing streak. So that's an absolute go for Montes. Aaron Savale is a little bit more of a questionable questionable start here. He hasn't. He's definitely not this bad um, with an ERA of nearly 10. At the same time, he's not great. And Oakland's actually been not bad offensively. So he's another one where matchups will really play a part, where they will really factor into whether or not you're going to uh, use him. But it's not it's not a terrible start, Aaron Savali here. It's not terrible. Um, on the slate where there is not a ton of great streaming options, he's, he's okay. Um, let's go into the next battle, which is a battle of Tyler's. Very similar names in this pitching matchup, actually, between the Tigers and the Dodgers. We have Tyler Alexander and Tyler Anderson. So Tyler Anderson is not a bad streaming option for tonight. He's been pretty good. He's going for the much superior team here. He's not a bad option. Uh, Tyler Alexander for the Tigers, I would not recommend using. He's not been very good, and obviously he's going into a tough environment to play probably the best offense in baseball. So he's not someone you're going to want to be using tonight, Tyler Alexander. He's um, he's a hard pass for me tonight. The last game of the night is the measly Washington Nationals and the San Francisco Giants. Aaron Sanchez is going to be getting the start for the Washington Nationals. He actually was with the Giants last year, I think, or for a little while he was anyway. Yeah, he's, he's a little washed up, guys. Uh, he might be someone to target tonight. He's only 29, I know. But he's bounced around the majors and the minors quite a bit. I used to love watching him in Toronto. He won an ERA title, actually, five or six years ago. He was the American League ERA leader for the entire season. 
And I mean, it's it's tough the trajectory his career has taken, where he's kind of been a, a minor league guy, call up, what have you. It's unfortunate. I would definitely not be wanting to use him tonight. As bad as I feel for him, as much as I liked him when he was young, he's not someone that you can really go into uh, go into San Francisco and use there against their lineup. They've been really good, San Francisco. They're thirteen and six. They're the number one team in the National League, uh, National League West, and actually. I, just behind the Mets for the best in the National League. So despite their offense not being like crazy high this year, uh, I'm not I'm not really interested in using Sanchez against them. On the other side, Alex Wood should be a really nice play tonight. He's definitely a target for DFS lineups. He's been really good, and he's obviously pitching at home against a very inferior team. So Alex Wood is someone to target for sure tonight. So we've covered all of the matchups. Um, we've looked at yesterday's games. I want to take a look at a couple of pieces uh, before we do our waiver wire stuff. Just a couple of pieces of news uh, for fantasy. So number one thing I'll mention is Ronald Acuna Jr. is back. Came back last night, stole a couple of bases, which was really nice to see coming off an injury like that. Come back and have speed right away. Um, he was $7. I didn't realize this yesterday, but he was $7 in uh, Yahoo DFS lineups. Now he's 25 for today. So I didn't even realize uh, that he'd be that cheap. Honestly, just being amongst the minimum salary guys, I didn't even look for him yesterday. But pff, seven bucks, that would have been really nice. Now he's obviously 25. He's uh, probably not going to be advised with that kind of price. But for season-long guys, uh, you're absolutely ecstatic that he's back this soon. Now in drafts, I kind of didn't really want to take the chance on him because I've been hurt in the past drafting guys with injuries. Um and not just in baseball, but across all sports, to draft injury-prone guys, you're asking for trouble. So I stayed away from him. And not that he's injury-prone, but to draft someone who's coming into the year with an injury, you can really be looking at trouble. So I stayed away from him. If you guys have him, then it was a short little couple of weeks on the IL to start the year, and now he's back. So that Braves lineup just got a ridiculous boost, so they're going to be that much more dangerous. And obviously, um, if you have him on your team, you need to put him back in uh, the starting lineup. There's a chance you may have forgotten yesterday, but he definitely needs to be back in now. Um, Adalberto Mondesi. This one, this one sucked, guys. I have a couple of shares of Mondesi. We were talking with Rob Silver the other day about Mondesi, about how, you know, he'll probably turn it around if he's on the waiver wire, go pick him up. He shouldn't be. The upside is there, blah, blah, blah. And now he's done for the year. He's he's officially in the never draft again column. Uh, I don't think you can ever take a chance on him again. Uh, well, I don't think I can. And maybe I'm speaking from a place of pain at the moment with him. But I don't think you can really take the chance on him it's just not worth it. It's just, it's a waste of a pick every year, every year, this guy, and you feel bad on a human level that every year, this guy has to go through injuries and nonsense and BS and then play 30 games or whatever. It's, it's tough. It's really, as Tony Soprano once said, every day is a gift, but why does it have to be a pair of socks? (laughs) Today feels like a pair of socks. Absolutely. For Adalberto Mondesi. Really tough news, guys. Um, in other news, John Means had his Tommy John surgery. He should be back for next year. Um, Eddie Rosario is going to be out for 8 to 12 weeks. This has been around for a couple days now, but I haven't talked about it on the show yet. 
Eddie Rosario had some vision problems. He needed to get his vision corrected. It's crazy to me that he's been standing in batter's boxes without really seeing what's coming at him. But uh, he should be back in a few months. But that's really going to be tough to hold for those 12 weeks. If you don't have IL, you kind of have to drop him. Um, I mean, you don't have to, but it's going to be really hard to hold for 12 weeks on the bench there. That's pretty much uh, it for for news kind of stuff. Um, let's talk about some of the more added and dropped players uh, so far today in fantasy leagues. So, um, and here we have a little bit of a technology snafu. Excuse me, guys. Technology and me. Technology is not my friend recently. It's really not. It's been it's been awful to be honest with you. I've never been a big techie person, but I've been really bad with this stuff recently as I get used to it. Here we go. The most added players today in fantasy baseball. So Taylor Ward has been added quite a bit over the last week. His percentage has gone up over fifty percent. He's up to sixty four percent rostered on Yahoo. Absolutely, he's someone that you need to go ahead and add before he is scooped up by one of your league mates. Currently sitting inside the top two rounds for value on the year. He's currently the 21st ranked player. So very nice stuff from Taylor Ward. And he's going to be batting atop this Angels lineup that has looked very good recently. Since he's been moved to the leadoff spot, he's hit three home runs, seven hits, seven RBI, or sorry, nine RBIs across four games. So he's definitely got to be added. Number one player this last week. Um, Tyler Anderson, we've talked about him a little bit. Good matchup against the Tigers. I feel very confident in adding Tyler Anderson. Well, okay, very, I feel fairly confident in adding him. Um, he's not like some lights-out you know, stud or anything, but it's it's a good matchup at home, so I don't mind adding him there. Uh, Eric Hosmer should also be added. He's been very, very hot. He's the highest batting average in baseball at 4.15. He's someone that you should definitely take a look at adding, um, depending on who you have to drop. But if it's someone who you don't think is going to hold rest-of-season kind of value then I would probably make the switch. With how hot Hosmer has looked, uh, it, it's very promising. Uh, Nolan Gorman, for those of you who aren't really familiar with the minor leagues, you may not know Nolan Gorman. He is the third baseman for the Cardinals. And actually today, um, they talked about how they're not really going to be, um, they're not going to be bringing him up yet. He has 10 home runs in AAA this year. And I think 18 games, 17 games. So, I mean, there's not really a spot for him. I guess Paul DeYoung, he could come in for Paul DeYoung there and play short. Uh, Tommy Edmonds staying a second. Um, I mean, unless Edmond goes to short and then they put Gorman at second. Um, there's certainly no room at third. There's already a very notable Nolan at third for the Cardinals. So, I mean, they'll find a place for him eventually, you feel like. Um with how hot he has been. So if you have an NA slot in your league, a not active slot, and you can put him in there without dropping anybody, then God bless. Go ahead. Do it right away. He's someone that you can hold on to until he comes up, and he'll be fine. If you don't have that slot, it might be a little bit harder. I would probably, with the news today, probably not make that jump without the, without the NA slot because uh, we don't know when he's coming up. It could be after the All-Star break. It could be who knows, right? So you don't want to be taking zeros that whole time. But that being said, uh, the NA slot is definitely a, a place to be using him at the moment if you have that, if your league has that. Uh, let's move on. Joey Wendell, this is probably about as valuable as he's going to be throughout the year. 
I'm not really big on him. Uh, the four steals so far is nice, but he's not going to have too much value, I don't think. A lot of that value does come from the steals and the high batting average. He'll steal a couple of bags, uh, but he won't have this kind of batting average. So I wouldn't worry about adding Joey Wendell, really. Brandon Marsh, absolutely going add. He's been fantastic. And, you know, he batted second yesterday. So there's a chance we could see a Ward, Marsh, 1-2. And in that case, they're both absolute must-roster guys. Uh, Adrian Hauser has also been added quite a bit. And, yeah, he's a decent option today against the Cubs. We already talked about him. Alec Bohm has pretty much moved into must-roster territory as well. He's played very well batting in the middle of that Phillies lineup. Hopefully he moves up a little bit. He's typically the 6 or the 7 hitter in that lineup. But if he keeps producing like this, I don't see him uh, staying low in the lineup. I think they'll move him up. Uh, those are the mainly added guys today, um, guys of note, really. Um, let's talk about some of the guys who have been dropped in a lot of cases. So Adalberto Mondesi, yes, his roster percentage dropped 20% overnight on Yahoo, absolutely. Jamison Tyone has been dropped quite a bit, and I understand it after a rough start against Baltimore. I'd be, he's kind of just uh, a fill-in kind of guy in your roster. He's not going to be missed if you drop him. Uh, I think you can open up that spot for streaming if you have Tyone. Uh, you can hold them or open it up for streaming. Either way, I don't think it's going to be a massive game-changer call there. Uh, if there's a really hot pitcher on the market or a really hot player on the market and he's your worst player, then by all means, drop him. But I think in a lot of leagues, there's probably enough players rostered that you would be okay to keep him. Uh, Bailey Ober is being dropped quite a bit as well. He's got this groin tightness. He's been pretty good this year, so I'm not going to be dropping him until we know what exactly the problem is. Uh, people are too premature to do that kind of thing. I would hold on. Josh Stalmont has been dropped quite a bit, and yeah, uh, it looked like he was going to get a lot of saves over there in Kansas City. I don't know. I actually don't know with Kansas City. They don't make up their mind with this. They don't tell anybody anything. They kind of just go with situations. So I understand dropping Josh Stalmont. Uh, Dakota Hudson's been dropped quite a bit, and I don't agree with that, really. He's had two fantastic starts in a row, albeit against bad teams in Cincinnati and Arizona. But, you know, you, you see if he can hold that momentum into one more start. He's due to face the Royals, so he's got a good matchup. It's not going to kill you there. I, I would hold him. I would definitely hold him. Nick Martinez being dropped. Yeah, I don't have a problem with Nick Martinez being dropped. He's been okay, uh, but I don't mind him uh, going back to the wire. And Stephen Kwan continues to be dropped. He's still not got back into the lineup. I think he's been out now since Sunday. He's been dropped by 20% of leagues, which seems really high. He hasn't, you know, gone really cold or anything. He's got an injury. Yeah, he'll have, he'll have to come back and work his way back from it. But I wouldn't really worry so much. I mean, his game doesn't really rely that much on agility. He relies on his contact. He's not a big base stealer. He's not a big power guy. If, you're, if he's in your lineup to add a little bit of a boost in batting average and runs, then that's not really going to be affected so much by a hamstring. Uh, when he comes back, he'll come back. It's not going to be a long-term thing, I wouldn't imagine. I would hold on to him. If you really want to move on from him, see if you can trade him for somebody. See if you can maybe package him with somebody else and get a trade, get some value back. Because the name so far this year in the fantasy community has definitely held some water. So if you can turn that value into something as opposed to just a waiver, uh, a waiver wire guy, then... See if you can. Let's talk a little bit about DFS. Now, one thing that I've been told by my fellow sports ethosians, I think that's probably, I'll, I'll show myself out. That was tough. The people here at Sports Ethos have told me that I cannot uh, give out DFS lineups anymore. Apparently, 
those uh, doing that can lead you to be banned by DFS sites by by different sites, which I think is is really nice of Yahoo and them to do. Uh, make it so that I can't bet on their on their stuff, and also not allow you to share lineups. And I don't really understand it because I've seen lineups shared quite a bit on on Twitter. People post, you know, they'll screenshot their lineup, like I've done a couple times, post it on Twitter and say like if tailing or whatever. I didn't know you could get banned for this or it was illegal or whatever, so shh, we're going to keep that to ourselves, I guess. Uh, so we'll just talk about some of the guys. I'll have to be a little bit more general with this. I'll talk about some of the guys that I really like tonight as opposed to just naming off player A, player B, player C, player D. So we'll take a look at some pitchers here real quick. Um, I really like Alex Wood, as I mentioned before, going up against a terrible, terrible Nationals team at home. I really like Alex Wood's game, and I think that that Giants um, pitching staff, not pitching staff, pitching team, whatever, has really done a good job, um, not just with him, but with a ton of different pitchers. And so far, we have seen the effects this year. Facing a bad team, not terribly expensive here, 42 bucks. So I really like Alex Wood. Um, if we keep going... $35 for Tyler McGill, I think, is a bargain and a half. Uh, going up against Philly, who last time he faced them was in Philly, and he had 27.3 fantasy points. He got the victory, five and a third innings pitched, no earned runs, and he struck out five. I really like Tyler McGill. I think that this is a really cheap salary for him. He's been as up as $44 this year. So to get him for 35 and a home start, I like him here for 35 bucks. Other pitchers who are interesting to me tonight, there's really not a ton. Nestor Cortez, yes, at 44. He feels a little bit expensive there, though. Um, going up, obviously, against a poor Kansas City team. A lot of my suggestions are based on uh, quality of opponent, and their quality of the Yankees' opponent tonight is not going to be very high. So Nestor Cortez is a decent option as well. Um, Adam Wainwright is kind of interesting to me against Arizona. Anybody against Arizona is interesting. The fact that he's $45 is kind of expensive. So I'm not really uh, going to be looking at Wayne right there. If you want to go into the bargain bin, Yusei Kikuchi is $28, and he might be able to give you a good outing. It's it's tough to say. Uh, there are a good amount of left-handed bats in that Astros lineup, Tucker and Brantley, and uh, who's the other one I'm forgetting? <sighs> Tucker and Brantley and... God, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of the third one right now. There's another There's another left-handed bat in that lineup. Jordan Alvarez. Jesus, thank you. Jordan Alvarez. So there are a lot of big lefty bats in that lineup. So coming from a left-handed perspective, it's it's going to be a little bit harder for them. So Kikuchi is a not bad option, as well as Tyler Anderson at 29 against Detroit. Uh, big ballpark. Or not big ballpark. They're playing in Los Angeles, aren't they? Bad team. <laughs> not big ballpark. Bad team. Um Detroit's not a good team. Obviously, Tyler Anderson has been okay this year. He hasn't got through five innings, which is a little concerning. Um, but I think he did come out of the pen once or twice. So I am totally fine with using him here against Detroit if you're trying to not spend a lot on your pitching. Uh, I won't go through the other positions so, so much. Um, I like Yasmani Grandal tonight. Uh, I like Mitch Garver. Is, is really not uh, like they've kind of handicapped me with these lineup things a little bit because I like to just rhyme out a lineup and then you know see how the lineup does. Can't really do that so much. Um, I will get into it more on the DFS Today pod where I've also been guest hosting some episodes. We didn't do one yesterday, but uh, today there will definitely be one and I will get into these guys in some more depth. So um, I'll talk about a couple more guys here. 
Um, Bobby Witt Jr. has been really hot. He's on a six-game hitting streak, seven-game hitting streak. So he's very cheap at $10. He's someone that I think can definitely hold some value tonight uh, on DFS. Brandon Lau has been kind of kind of struggling a little bit. So his price has gone down to 15 bucks. He's been over 20 throughout the year. Um, he's, he's dipped down a little bit as well, but he has been over 20 several times, up to as much as $22. So he's someone who is an interesting play discounted down at 15 here. Uh, Trey Turner at 17 is also very cheap. I would be interested uh, against Tyler Alexander in exploiting that with some right-handed Dodgers bats. Um, I think that's. I think we'll leave it there for the DFS stuff. I'll go into it in a lot more detail if you guys want to check out the DFS Today pod. It should be up shortly after this one gets posted. Um, yeah, I can go into it in more depth there, and we're already about in an hour here anyway. So why don't we wrap up our show and our week uh, right there, guys. Thank you so much for those of you who have discovered the show recently. And for those of you, of course, who have been here with us since the beginning, all of you are greatly appreciated. I would really appreciate it if you guys in turn could leave a five-star review on the show. That would be really fantastic. Help us to move up search results. Leave a nice, um, you know, you don't have to leave just numbers or just stars. I mean, you could leave a little comment or whatever. If there's stuff you want to see me talk about more, if there's stuff I can improve on, if there's stuff you like, whatever, any comments, questions, concerns, go in the comments, or you can hit me at my preferred place is on Twitter, at JoeOrico99, that's at J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. You guys can also go ahead and give Ethos Fantasy BB a follow, that's E-T-H-O-S Fantasy BB. In case I'm ever late on tweeting out a show one day, they have you covered over there. So if you need to get the information as quick as possible, Follow Ethos Fantasy BB, just in case there might be a delay on my posting one day. So we will wrap it up here. This is uh, this is the weekend. Make sure to check out Twitter over the weekend. I'm going to be posting lists of guys to add and guys that are going to be heading into Sunday, guys that will help you out in particular categories. So if you're short on home runs, who might be a good waiver wire pickup? If you're short in RBIs, who might be a good pickup? If you need a steal, if you need a save... I'm going to be going through that more on Twitter as we don't have a show on the weekend. So make sure you give me a follow there to stay completely up to date on this stuff. Guys, we'll see you back here on Monday. I wish you nothing but success this week, this weekend. And I hope that you guys all win your matchups. I know it's not possible, but I hope that everybody has as much success as possible uh, over this weekend. So everybody have a great time. We'll see you here on Monday. Cheers, everybody.